Mikey, Mikey and Remy A show about the serious and not so serious parts of our edible world. Let's eat. I think that we're recording. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mikey and Rin Eat In. I'm Mikey. And I'm Rin. We're coming to you today from the Chablanc Estate <laughs> amidst a uh, a long rainy period. Ooh, it's been gloomy. Woof. It's supposed to be um, spring slash summer, entering summer, and Portland's just deciding to really wet us up. We've had the, I heard yesterday, wettest April on record. Correct. I know, insane, like wettest on record for Portland, a place known for rain. Yeah, that's a lot of wetness. I'm surprised I haven't melted away. <laughs> I just, I am also like, I, I don't know who who knows my history that listens to this show, but I'm from Colorado. I am also a pink Irishman who's allergic to the sun, but obsessed with the sun, mm-hmm. and so I need it. And I'm um I'm start coming to the end of my rope a little bit. Yeah, you ain't getting it. No. And I wake up and even before I open, we like have to sleep with like crazy blackout curtains so you can't see anything outside of our door or of our uh, of the doors that are on our, our bedroom. And even before I wake up, I know if the sun is out. <laughs> like I can feel happiness yeah, you do in have my a soul. Sun sensor, don't you? Yeah. If the sun's out, I wake up and I'm like popping my step and I'm like Mary Poppins in through the house and pop, 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 pop. <laughs> no, I kind of picture it more like Snow White when like all the birds are chirping and they're oh, like yeah. bringing her her little cape or whatever. Yes, and tying <laughs> like that's, it. Oh. That's, it's a little Mikey White. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then the days when it's not, I wake up and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and it's just... It's a lot. Yeah, it's been. I, I'm not affected by the weather. I grew up in a place that doesn't have sun. Right. And, um, <laughs> right. It's, so it's, well, yeah. it does have sun, you know, in the summer. Sure. But it's beautiful. It's, it's gloomy it's and cold. Pretty and, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just have always found like thinking about and talking about the weather really boring. Yeah. Because it's it's just going to exist and do what it's doing. And yeah, and there's nothing you can do about nothing it. Nothing I can do. Um, but I must admit, at this point, when we're usually like super sunny, <laughs> super warm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm even, I'm feeling it. And it's, and I will say I'm from Colorado. I was just there for my dad's 75th birthday. Uh, I love you, dad. He's a faithful <laughs> listener. Um, Colorado looks like a hellscape. <laughs> it looks like the nuclear apocalypse happened, especially this time of the year. It's just, there's all the grass is dead. It's so windy there, which I always forget about. And it's just dusty. Like I land there and I can't apply enough chapstick lotion or I don't know, nasal douche to keep (laughs) myself from sneezing and coughing and everything the whole, and it's also, I'm at, you know, 6,000 feet or whatever where they live. And so I come back to to Portland and it's like, yes, it rains, but everything is technicolor. Like there's so many flavors of green, everything's blooming. It's so gorgeous, but yeah, the sun is, is lacking. That's okay though. 
Well, this is a really good segue, Mikey, because we are talking today. We're going to do a little quickie episode um, about I our- I think we're going to do a normal, our new normal length kind of episode. Yeah. I think we're going to start aiming for 30 minutes-ish. Yeah, Because an it. hour is just like, it's it's kind of long. It's tedious. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we're amazing. <laughs> I want to be with us for an hour. But I think we're going to kind of start aiming for around a halfy. Yeah. We listened to um, Bita and Bita last week. I yeah. hope you listened to their podcast. Anyway, but the one that we were on, yep, modern Persian food, and they just they do a tight twenty, yeah, and uh, it was very satisfying. I know, I like it. Yeah, yeah, we'll play with it. So we thought we'd bring you today our top three um, fave cookbooks of the moment. I mean, these things are always changing. Yeah. Um, But right now, I've got some that are very much in fashion in my life. Well, and 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 this is one of the things about being here. Something that's like. It's really taught me, you know, living where we live is indoor time. Yeah. Like needing to, yeah, it's not like you can just be like, oh, it's sunny all the time. So you can go outside whenever you want. It's like, no, we have to like, we are cooking a lot more than we ever have in our relationship. And we're, you know, focusing on kind of what are the things that we can create while in our home. And I think, you know, cooking from, I'm a professionally trained chef. Um, Rini comes from like a rich food history and is an unbelievable cook. And, but like it, I can definitely get in a rut mm-hmm. where I'm cooking basically the same, if not the same dish using, I'm just using the same technique. Mm-hmm. I, I could be, I, I could eat salt, pepper, and lemon for the rest of my life on everything. And so I think cookbooks are such a good way to kind of pull me out of my, out of my comfort zone and then force me to use techniques and ingredients that I just wouldn't think of otherwise. Right. Well, the other thing about cookbooks where you're preparing a meal perhaps versus preparing a baked item Mm. um, is that you do have, you know, it's sort of guidelines, you know, you can, um, you know, it's, it's like bumper bowling or something, right? It's sort of like keeping you within these, these rails, but you don't, you don't necessarily have to follow every single step, every single ingredient. You can throw in an ingredient of your own. Sure. Um, You're saying not baking. Not baking. No. Yeah. 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 Baking, you do have to kind of follow the alchemy, right? (laughs) Um, Well, and this is always what I tell people, like, you know, because a lot of people come to me and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm, cooking for my family or I'm doing this big dinner and I'm nervous about this recipe that I'm going to make. Um, you know, and, and my argument with recipes is that it's, they're just, they're just a guideline and you should look at it as a kind of the frame. There's certain tent poles that need to happen. Like there are certain seasonings, there's certain like amounts of protein. There are certain amounts of like, if you're dusting, you know, flouring something or whatever it is, you know, that you need to kind of like adhere to those. But basically it's like, just there's also, I, I wish we should write a cookbook where there's kind of color coded ingredients. Like this is a place where you can flex a little, like right. this is the ingredient section, like seasonings or whatever, where you can get a little creative right. and like add or lessen or whatever. And, you know, the other argument for me is that most of the time, well, first is don't cook a new recipe when you're like at a dinner party. Right. Like try it out on your family and people that really love you first so you can fuck (laughs) it up. And, you know, but the other argument is that a lot of the time that you're making stuff for someone, you're probably sitting down at a table with someone that really loves you. And that is totally cool if you mess things up. So just like have fun with it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Samin Nosrat talked about that, I think. Does she? I think she had a story about really messing up a meal one time. Yeah. And, um, 
She is actually one of my favorite. So we're each going to do three, right? Sure. Great. Yeah. She's one of my favorite cookbook authors. She's one of my favorite people, just kind of in general. Um, She has a podcast. She has a cookbook, which is called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. She also had um, a television series of the same name. Yep. Yeah. And then the the, um, podcast is called, I think it's called Home Cooking, right? Yes. And because it's with um, Rishikesh Sherway. Yeah. She's um she's a gem because she she's one of those people that makes food really joyful and really approachable. Yeah. Um and she's just like bubbly, happy. Exactly. I mean, like she lives her, like I want to eat. Watching know? her on her television show is an inspiration mm-hmm. because she clearly derives so much joy and so much pleasure yeah. from eating, from the process of food, from learning about food, from cooking food. It's really She wonderful. also did that amazing show with Michelle Obama and like the Muppets. Right. Like the Henson group. Right, yeah. right, right. Which I didn't I don't know if we really watched that much of it, but it was it. just so sweet. Like yeah. yeah, she has a really cool way of looking at food too. It's just like, you know, eat with the seasons, eat what's local, and then just get crazy with acid and just yummy flavors and brightness. And I don't know, she she eats like she lives, which is just like exuberant and happy and laughy and like kind of all the ways that I think I look at food. Yeah, this this cookbook <clears throat> in particular, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, is really a, it's kind of a basics cookbook, which yeah. is why I really love it. I'm like, I- we got it, I don't know, a few years ago. Yeah, a while ago. And um, I'm just picking it back up now. But um, she has these really fun illustrations. And then yeah, they are cool. the kind of, you know, this is like the, um, her, what's what's a trinity? What's a fority? <laughs> a quadriation? A quadriation? <laughs> four essential steps. Yes. Or yeah. four essential elements. Yeah, the four yeah. essential elements. Primary of, colors. Of preparing a good meal, which is yeah. salt, fat, acid, and heat. Yeah. And um I I I she has some Persian recipes in here, mm. but for the most part, it's like making a really dope mayonnaise. Yep. Making a really good like herbed yogurt dressing sure. you can put on things. So it's kind of um, lots of basics that can go on all kinds of different food. Totally. Um, well, it's, and, and this it's is wonderful. This is like a, a really good segue to like the, something that I always tell people is, you know, going to culinary school, I think that the way that kind of some of the things that we did were too focused, too recipe focused. Mm-hmm. I think the key thing is learn the primary colors. Yep. So like learn how to use your knife properly. And then learn like the proper techniques. So like learn how to saute properly, Mm -hmm. learn how to grill, learn how to sear, Mm -hmm. learn how to bake, learn how to roast, right? Poach. And like once you know those things, it doesn't matter what you stick in there. Right. You know, once you understand like what a protein is supposed to feel like when it's done or like how, you know, what temperature you're supposed to cook it at or like how much salt should be applied kind of generally. But once you know those kind of primary color techniques – then like the world is your oyster as far as cooking goes. So instead of looking, you know, to learn recipes, learn techniques. Yeah. And her her cookbook does a lot of that. Yeah, it really does. It's it had me think through things that I just hadn't thought through before. Totally. It really, um, it's it's a beautiful. It is also cookbook. really fun. Yeah. Also <clears throat> to have it just feels. I don't know. It feels like the way that I hear her on her yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's very colorful and. Um, the art is by Wendy McNaughton, so it's all illustrated really. And she's got these like really fun like color wheels that have all the different kinds of fats that you can use and like 
what type of cooking you might be doing. Like if you're doing, um, uh, you know, Japanese cooking and you want to use this certain kind of sesame oil and what it's like, what that's going to bring to the dish. And it's just, I don't know. I find it illuminating and so educational. It's wonderful. And Wendy McNaughton, who's, she's someone who I've followed on Instagram for a long time and she does these beautiful culinary illustrations, but she also does these like, she just has a really good sense of humor. Yeah. Like she does these like, um, I don't know what you would call it, but like a diagram of a cat lady. And it's like all the elements of what makes the crazy cat lady or just like whatever. She has like a lot of kind of very fashiony, but it's all done in kind of like, um, like watercolory sort of colored pencil. Mm. It just looks very fun. And it's, you know, again, this is just when I, I'm not a very serious person. And when I think about food, like food is supposed to be playful. You're mm-hmm. supposed to get dirty. Like you're mm-hmm. supposed to have music playing. You're supposed to be drinking a little too much wine. Like it's like cooking the way that we cook in our house is very like this cookbook represents it. Yeah. There's a lot of cookbooks that are too fucking serious. They're well, like, especially those foundational cookbooks, oh. right? They feel really stuffy. And I think for me as a person who's not um, like a, a culinary trained yeah. person, who's just a home cook, sure. it feels very um, intimidating oh, to yeah. open up a cookbook like that. Like, ooh, do I even belong here in this club? Totally. And this- yeah, You need to be wearing a toque and a fucking <laughs> <laughs> neckerchief. Yeah, I need to yeah. have elbow patches. And, <laughs> but salt, fat, acid, heat is yeah. like, come one, come nah, all. Everybody. Everyone can play in the sandbox. Well, this is like the, you know, so I went to CIA and there's the CIA has this book that's the Bible when you're in, mm. when you're in school. And it's like maybe 800 pages. It weighs like 20 pounds. Everybody's breaking their back to bring it to school every day. <laughs> and it's a book that I see in a lot of people's kitchens that didn't go to CIA because they're like, oh, it's like my foundations book. This is the book that I can go to when I want to see like, how do you make a beurre blanc or how do you, you know, all no, these but things. It's your textbook. It's basically, a fucking textbook. Right? Yeah. I, I see it in people's kitchens that didn't go to CIA. And I'm like, why do you have that? Right. It's like, it's as if you have the most dry, uh, you know, just, I don't know. For me, it was like, it's traumatizing. We have it in our kitchen. I can't remember what, what it's called, the master chef or this, I can't remember. But um, but I just see people that have it and I'm like, it's as if they have my textbook from behavioral neuroscience in college. And I'm like, you read that for fun? Oh my God. So, what do you got, Mikey? All right. So my first uh, book is, is, again, it's kind of one that's, it's my like current fave. It's one that I've been giving as a present to a lot of people. And it's called Coconut and Sambal, um, written by Lara Lee. And it's Indonesian food um, from her family. It's the thing that I found so interesting about this cookbook. A, it's very much in the same category as, as Simine's book, mm. where it's it's colorful, it's poppy, everything, all the pictures are in that kind of like uh, like 60s sort of, oh, not sepia tone, but they look, it looks like you're at like a 60s cool swinger party. <laughs> And then, it's like it's like sm- there's smoke everywhere. Yes. There's just a haze, and everyone's yeah. got like whiskey in their glasses, and, and- it's whiskey in those kind of like Coke colored plastic <laughs> bump, like bumpy glasses. Yeah. yeah, and it's but it looks like an album cover. Like all the pictures kind of look like an album cover from yeah. like a sweet like beach rock '60s group. Um, but she just she highlights a lot of techniques, ingredients, mm. and colors and flavors that I just love. And then a lot of ingredients I just didn't know about really before, mm-hmm. but uses a ton of like kefir lime and uses it just, a, I mean, when we talk about salt, fat, acid, heat, like there's so much delicious, delicious, <laughs> <laughs> illicit, <laughs> illicit, delicious acid. Mm. 
I just love, I could eat everything with like a whole lemon squeezed on top of it or a whole lime shoved into it. And, you know, I've just, I found some, some recipes in there, especially just for things like chicken, for instance, Mm -hmm. I end up like on our house, we roast a couple chickens a week. I love roasting chickens, but I'm like salt and pepper, maybe a little squeeze of lemon, get some really crispy skin. And that for me, like I could eat that every, every week for the rest of my life. But this has kind of forced me to use a bunch of ingredients or use techniques that are kind of more slow cookery Mm -hmm. um, or that just infuse flavors throughout the meat that I don't know. I don't think I would have done at all and wouldn't have been motivated to kind of like look for, but she's really, and Indonesian flavors, um, some of them I'm, I'm familiar with kind of the idea of it, but it's just, it's a new cuisine for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. definitely, it's definitely more, I'm having to be more thoughtful about, you know, a lot of the ingredients that we have to go kind of source. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then for me that, that kind of makes me, and, and I'm like the, what do you call that? Like fair weather fan or whatever. Like when I like a song, I listen to it to death. Right. Like I'm real, I listen to that song until Rin is so fucking sick of it. <laughs> but so I just have a couple things in here that I've been like just beating to death and using a lot. And I just, I don't know. I love it. So yeah, coconut and sambal. And um, it's just like a really beautiful, it, I, this is a, a part that shouldn't matter, but books are art. Yeah, of course. And when I look at the spines of the beautiful books that are in our our cooking book area, um, this one is just, it's the most sexy. It's like bright pink and like this kind of sea foam green color. Yeah. And it just, every time I see it, I'm like, I want to cook from that. And I pass over all the like boring spine (laughs) ones that are feel like fucking homework books. But yeah, Coconut and Sambal, get it. You know, it's on all the, all of these books are available on Amazon or whatever, but don't fucking do that. Go buy them at your local bookstore. Go buy them at your cute little local cookbook shop or cook shop. And um, yeah, cook. Um, that's a really good one. I, um, kind of in the same vein of like thinking about the sexiness of a book, this book is sexy in a very different way. Yeah. Um, but it's like a beautiful love letter to the Northwest. Oh yeah. And, um, is it, it does focus on the Northwest. It's pretty, yeah. It focuses on the Northwest, but it's, it's not as though you can't, um, use this cookbook if you live elsewhere in the sure. country. Yeah. Um, it's it's called Six Seasons, A New Way with Vegetables. And I just think like to have an entire cookbook dedicated to veggie prep yeah. is fucking amazing. Oh, it's amazing. And he this is Josh McFadden, who was one of the co-owners of Ava Jeans and some pretty famous places in Portland. But then it's also Martha. Martha Holmberg. Yeah, Martha is one of my buddies. Hmm. And um they just do a really, they have a really cool friendship. Um, mm. And like, they just love to, like the thing I was talking about, like turn on music, pour some wine, just cook. And um, from what I know about their process with these books, because they, they have another one about grains now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you can feel the fun in it. Yeah. Like it's like, we yeah. have this sexy okra or no, that's a bad example. We have, we have, <laughs> we have like the most sexy greens, like at this time of the season or whatever. So we're just going to like cook with stuff with them. And it's really, I don't know. It's, it's a gorgeous book. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And the, the, the coolest part to me is to go to the farmer's market yeah. and get a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. some stuff, which I've cooked with before, some stuff, which is maybe a new like green that I haven't prepared yep. before before and then to come home and open up this book and it's it's in there sure yeah oh totally <laughs> i'm here yeah, yeah, yeah. at the farmer's market in late spring and i just i know that i can open up six seasons and find a cool preparation for it yeah. other than like 
sauteing it in a pan with garlic right. or something. Well, and, it's, and the thing that I like about the way that he cooks too, and this is true at his restaurants as well, is that he'll use kind of like, well, the, a lot of things that people traditionally cook, like there's a lot of kind of more hearty greens that he won't cook. Like he'll shave them or he'll massage them or different things so that like, like I hate cooked vegetables. And so he, that's not fully true, but I just, I don't like cooked greens and things like that. Like I like things as fresh and snappy as possible. So like Ava Jean's, his his restaurant that's right in our neighborhood is one of the, it's one of the few places where I've like raved about salads. Like their salad, they had this salad before we moved here that was as if you had just gone through like the most beautiful field and just clipped everything that was coming up, clover and cress and all these just amazing things and put them into a bowl with edible flowers and it was just for me like an, an epiphanic moment. Um, and so I just love the idea that he kind of thinks about different, you know, different cooking techniques that aren't just like the, the normal way that you would cook something. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And this, this, you know, it's, it's organized into every season. Yeah. It's kind of a wild way of it's organization. It's such a cool like way it. to do a cookbook. The photos are really beautiful. When he has um, a season- And he's got a- you know, full meals in there as well. So it's not just like veggie side dish. It's like veggie forward and then right. also veggie preparations that sure. you can do with a meat dish as well. He had he had seasons in there that I hadn't heard of. Oh, yeah. Here, let he me- He has six seasons. And, and it's also very specific to the kind of Northwest in that regard. Yeah, so he's got spring, early summer, mid-summer, late summer, fall, and winter. Yeah. I mean, I just like that he breaks out summer like that because it is- Totally. I find, you know, especially living on the West Coast where it's like we're growing stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. I find it intimidating in the summer because I'm, I feel like there's this- avalanche. Right. And I can't cook enough to keep up with everything uh, like in a respectful way. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but it's dope though. Yeah, That's, six seasons. Um And then I think the beautiful. new ones, I think the new ones called I can't remember, but it's something with grains specifically. Cool. Looks awesome. You'll have to get that. Cool. Um I I'm just being completely upfront about my cookbook selection in that I don't use cookbooks very much. Uh, because I find them very difficult to search. <laughs> and there's something really romantic mm. about that. But a lot of times when I'm trying to find something, like I'm going to trusted resources that I can actually search. So one of my favorite uh, places to find recipes is Bon Appetit. Mm. And so I get the magazine every month. I love it. I get motivated a lot to cook from there. Mm-hmm. Um, we just made these these green Dutch babies the other day. <gasps> the Dutch babies. Jesus. Have we talked about those on the show? I don't think so. so this du- has been a Bon Appetit win for sure. Crush. <laughs> and realistically, I oftentimes look at Bon Appetit while I'm doing my bathroom business. And um, <laughs> so it feels like a- f- Food makes poop. <laughs> yeah, it's a full circle moment. And but so a Dutch baby is like a fallen popover, basically. It's like souffle adjacent and it's like a pancake, but it's got this just it's amazing. It's dense mm. and it's wonderful. It's dense and light at the same time, some fuck how I don't know. But um, but that's wonderful. But the thing about Bon Appetit is make like, this Dutch baby too. Maybe yeah. we should link oh, to we'll link the to all recipe because it's um it's green. Yeah. And, and you just put like a bunch of fresh greens in there and then cook it for a while. And then we've been we also, having it for breakfast. Like with what? Eggs <clears throat> oh, with hollandaise. Yeah. yeah. So Kenji Lopez Alt, um, he's the person who's behind Serious Eats. It, if you want techniques, like proper techniques, Kenji Lopez Alt does things in a way that I think are so much more like fuck culinary school. Just like buy his stuff, 
like go to his website. He'll teach you how to do things that you've never seen before, but also in a way that's super approachable. Mm -hmm. So he does this um, mason jar hollandaise that you basically just put all the ingredients for hollandaise except for the fat. We usually use butter into a mason jar that where you have an immersion blender that just fits through the hole of the top. Um, so we have kind of like the small wearing immersion blender. And then we have the like kind of standard mason jar that you get at like a hipster restaurant for your craft cocktail made by a man <laughs> with sleeve guards. Um, and you, and basically you just blend it and then pour the butter in and it, you stream it in and it's instant hollandaise. I yeah. like the amount of fucking sleep that I lost <laughs> in culinary school. Cause I was going to have to whisk together you know, my holidays, keeping everything at the right temperature and not breaking. I like almost killed myself over that shit. This <laughs> takes two seconds. And like the Dutch baby is delicious. It's amazing no matter what you put on it. But holidays, like, oh, yeah, come on. Holidays is unfair. It really holidays, is. Like, shouldn't exist. I know it's well, it shouldn't exist. And it should be one of those things that is <laughs> laborious. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you fuck it up. Yeah. And it should not be easy. No. And this recipe makes it. It's, Far too my busy. mom told me about it a while ago. My mom's a really great cook, and um, and I wish she hadn't. Yeah. It was as if someone bought me a tabletop deep fryer. <laughs> it's fucked. It's totally fucked my life uh. and my waistline. Um, but Bon Appetit is amazing because they just they have like a really good sense of food. They have a test kitchen that like really does a great job testing out their recipes. And they have fucking everything. Yeah. I can't remember how many recipes they have, thousands and thousands. But like we can look up, you know, we have this chocolate cake recipe that Rinny's made for years for my birthday. And it's like a spongy chocolate cake that uses simple syrup. Mm. And and it's from there. And But you look, I just was trying to find it the other day. And I just looked up like chocolate cake. And they had 70 recipes for chocolate <laughs> right. cakes. And every single one of them looked like insane. Yeah, yeah. And they have like kind of off the wall stuff, like where they'll have like, a, you know, a butter matcha chocolate cake and, mm. you know, just using cool ingredients. And, you know, I think they really try to do a good job of like focusing on, and I definitely think since what happened with Michael Earth, Michael Rappaport, with Adam Rappaport, mm -hmm. and kind of there was a little bit of, an, of, of a kerfuffle there, but I think they've done a really good job of having people who really know about cuisines and it's part of their culture and mm -hmm. something they really dedicated themselves to write about the recipes that they, they have. So mm -hmm. I, for my, and my work, I do a lot of recipe development. Bon Appetit is like 100% of the time I go there to get inspiration to steal ideas for sure. And um, and it's just a wonderful resource for yeah. sure. And there's, I think Food and Wine has a really good version of that, like uh, Milk Street Kitchen or whatever the fuck that's called from mm -hmm. America's Test Kitchen is great. But Bon Appetit, I think, is the, the, the one that I found the most consistently good recipes out of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that Dutch baby I'm thinking about. Oh, right come on, Dutch baby. About that now. I want a Dutch baby. <laughs> Like a little baby born with clogs. <laughs> um, my third and final, yeah. and this was these were in no particular order because this one has been a um, this one's been a constant actually. Yeah, um, it's it was a gift from Mikey's mom. Maybe oh God, I don't know. Probably like eight or nine years ago yeah, now. Sure. And um, it's called My Calabria. It's by Rosetta Constantino. And she is a um, from Calabria and now lives in the Bay Area. And um, speaking of love letters, this is like <laughs> a love letter to her homeland. And I haven't really found, I've looked for other Calabrian cookbooks kind of to no avail. And um this one is, it's very simplistic, which I like. Yeah. And it's also 
so many things that my grandma made or my aunts made. So it's like taking a trip down memory lane when I'm thumbing through this. (laughs) Well, you remember the story. What story? When you first cooked the her version of the um red sauce or was it the uh-huh. um brajol brajol maybe the brajol yeah well and you cried oh yeah <laughs> yeah it was well we had two you had two moments where you cried i think because of the food that you that you either ate or cooked one was at a place called gino's right <laughs> yes totally in selwood which is like south of portland there's this like old dark italian restaurant and you ate and we're sitting there in a booth and having a glass dark of wine wood yeah Mm-hmm. Like classic Italian spot. Yep. And you had the red sauce with maybe meatballs, I think, there. Yep. And I look over, and Rin is a black heart. Like, <laughs> no offense to you. Not these but, days. But, but Rin, yes. no. But Rinny doesn't cry, like, ever. I cry at everything. Rin is like, she's steady, emotionally stable. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call that. And But she, I look over, and she's crying into her spaghetti and meatballs or whatever it was. And then, but I think the other time, because I remember I wrote to her. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. And I was like, listen, my wife cooked. This is the closest thing to her grandmother's totally. red sauce we've ever seen. Totally. And yeah, and she was so thankful. And we should, we'll have to shout her out. And stuff. She's, she's lovely because she also, I don't know if she's doing this with COVID situations, right. but she used to do um, oh, the trips. tours. Yeah. yeah she, she does cooking classes. God. She's I she's don't. a fun Instagram follow. Oh, um, she is really fun. She, she's so sweet. She's yeah, really sweet. And it's really quite cool too cuz her grand or her father, I'm sorry. Um father at the time of this when this book was written had like grown grown a ton of vegetables and right. just had this like beautiful Oakland living backyard. Yeah. And um It's funny cuz you've is that oh no, but two of your people are Oakland and Berkeley. Oh yeah, that's it just true. so happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's I know. True. I was actually going to throw out a Michael Pollan, a couple of Michael Pollan things and stuff. I was like, God, we can't be all Bay Area. No, no, no. I know, um, but it's just it's a again, it's a really simple cookbook. If you want to cook yeah, Southern really Italian food, um, very traditionally, yeah, um, it's it's a really nice place to start because she does, you know, she does a really nice education yeah. as well yep. around kind of why this food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then she does a really sweet little holiday section, which has kind of always been something that, you know, I got together with a bunch of family members on Christmas Eve. Congratulations. <laughs> we did. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people prepared um, uh, fish dishes. We never called it Feast of the Seven, fi- whatever the the name of it yeah. is, but um, feast of the seven fishes, right? Yeah, but it yeah. was never called that. It was just yeah. like you know, there was calamari, and, <laughs> and um, there was also Doritos sometimes. Doritos at my aunt's house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was part of your Christmas dinner. Oh, well, that no, that that's was at my mom. that was my mom. Oh, house. that's my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. though. That would that wouldn't have been at um, at Aunt Teresa's. Oh, house. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little more of an upscale affair. Okay, well, <laughs> but Doritos can the be Doritos and the. Uh, uh, the rye boat bread dip was oh yeah classic. What's the, what do you call it again? Rye boat? Yeah. Rye bowl. I, I don't know. I say rye boat bread dip. So this is so there's one of the like moments that I had when I first met Rin's family in upstate New York. There's a unbelievable supermarket chain called Wegmans. Is this where it like originates from? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know either. I mean, but they they the, have a great one. But the idea is you get a big loaf of rye bread and you hollow out the center and then they've just got this dip that you pour it's into it. It's a round, like a, you know, a boule like a style. Boule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just dip into this kind of almost like a French onion dip sort of thing. And um, 
this might be like everybody's like, yeah, we know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I didn't know what this was. And it's I, so good. I ate my weight in that shit. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this this book, My Calabria, um, and then you can also follow Rosetta on various platforms. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. want more info. Yeah, we'll link to her her Insta. All right. So for my well, I wanted to do one quick honorable mention. Great. Because Rini is well, Rini sometimes is gluten-free. We sometimes try to kind of be GF-ish in the house. And there's this cookbook called The Paleo Part. Oh, my oh, sorry, My Paleo Patisserie. That's a good one. And it's to look at the book, I would be like, I don't know, fuck this. But there are the it's the most amazing cookbook and the most consistent recipes I've ever seen for mm-hmm. baked goods that are gluten-free um, and, well, grain-free, I guess, is the way that she technically I says mean, that's, it. I mean, that's that's an even bigger feat, I It's feel amazing. Like. <laughs> and, like, and I'm just someone who I know everybody, like, a lot of people listening will probably roll their eyes because you're listening to two fucking idiots from Portland. But, like, this food, this is, like, you, you will not be missing a thing. It's, um, I don't know, just the most consistent recipes, the most delicious baked goods I've ever had were mm-hmm. from this cookbook of bar none. Glute- what were the things that we had? The, um, Oh God. The, uh, go. Oh, I got to find it. I don't make memories. We got to yeah, make this. You find it. Okay. <laughs> so for my number three, I'm going to do a little hybrid one here. Again, I don't really read cookbooks cause I'm illiterate, but, um, no jokes, but the, uh, I pulled the shoe buns, the shoe. Oh yeah. The shoe, shoe buns, buns yeah, yeah. are, Amazing. Yeah, and it's padishu. I mean, it's just a technically like traditional padishu, but it just tasted. It was unbelievable. It was better than better than any padishu I've ever had. Yeah, it's really incredible. So uh, that's like an eclair is a padishu dough. But um, so for my last two, it's a hybrid. So my motivation for a lot of my cooking comes from Top Chef. <laughs> Yeah, and shows like Top Chef. Yeah, like I we don't watch that many cooking shows, but I get a lot of inspiration, if not exact recipes, but definitely like motivation from that. And then the other thing is, I listen to a couple podcasts that are really inspiring for me to try new ingredients. So the first one is Home Cooking, which you talked about mm-hmm. with Rishikesh Sherway and um, and Samin Nosrat. So good. And they just like, they dive into stuff that's really cool. They answer a lot of questions, but they also highlight a lot of really cool ingredients and just like fun things, both from their culture and not, um, or each of their backgrounds. And um, I love it. And then the other one for me that I actually really love is the Sporkful. Oh yeah. With Dan Pashman. And he's been doing it for a long time. He's a guy from Jersey and he does a lot of really cool stuff. He did this series that was kind of funny, like where they invented a pasta shape. (laughs) But the thing that I like about him is that he's kind of a, like, he's not a food scientist, but he is very interested in kind of food technology and engineering and things like Mm. that. So he'll talk a lot about the shapes of things or the way that he eats. So like flavor proximity is a big thing that he talks about. So he like eats his hamburgers or cheeseburgers upside down. So his tongue hits or cheese hits his tongue first. And I just love stuff like that. Like he's motivated me to like change the way that I've eaten and change the way that I've done things a lot. He has Kenji Lopez alt a lot on his show. And, you know, it's, I, I just think you can pull food motivation from everywhere. You brought up the farmer's market. Oh my One God. of my yeah. greatest inspirations is just to go to the farmer's market and walk around real slowly, like listen to some music and like pick some things that like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to go home and figure this one out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't know. And if you have farmer's markets in your area, I'll support them. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, this was fun. It was super fun. Uh, we hope that you. I'm doing a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hungry. 
Um, we hope that you're cooking today, mm-hmm. listening to the Please podcast, do. and uh, preparing a little meal. Yeah, chop, chop, dice, dice, saute, saute. Definitely, salt, fat, acid, heat. <laughs> um, chop, we chop, love chop. you guys. You can find us um, on Instagram at Mikey and Rin. And you can also write to us if you'd like to send us an email. Let's eat at MikeyandRin.com. You know it. Um, Hey, if you like this, like it. Yeah. Why not like it? Please. Make sure you're subscribed. Yep. Leave us a little review. Lots of fun things you could say to us. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Totally. We will have, we're going to be back next week. I think we're going to, we've got some fun guests lined up. We do. This is going to be a summer of fun. We're doing, it's basically like Coachella. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say. Coachella. Coachella. It's not perfect, but there's something funny there. You can workshop it. Okay. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Yeah. I love you. Oh, I love you. Thanks for cooking with me. Yeah. Thanks for eating in. Love you guys. Ta-ta. 